require personalized programming, we have our team of Red Pill coaches available to help you with your performance needs, regardless of your competitive level. Please get in touch at redpilltraining.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Red Pill Podcast. Morning, Jouse. Morning, Philip. How are you, sir? I am right as rain. How is everything in coaching land? Comes in waves. It does. Well, we've we've got we've had the question, mate. The question. The, the, there is only one question. Yeah, there is. Oh, we've had the question. We're talking I mean, about training questions, though, aren't we? Because I'm sure there's lots of I mean, questions. I mean, of course, family is important, mate. Um, of course it is, and, and there might be other things that are important, but where, where you and I come not, from... Not understanding the mind of your other half, that's important. Or or impossible. Definitely, exactly, think, um, which would be the question, how to understand the mind of your partner. Yeah, I I'm, don't feel qualified um, to answer that. Would it be less painful if we did? For whom? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think we're probably going to leave the marital guidance uh, work to people who know a little bit more about it and are probably a little bit more <laughs> successful at it than uh, than you and I. Um, I think what what we when I say the question, um, there's not much more important in our lives than coaching um, and training and 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 competitive sport. So. Um, uh, a listener um, so we've we found out we've got one which is great um, we have a listener who has asked uh, it's going north. A one, going north a wonderful question um, and they'd like us to talk about how we get to understand your athlete how much is too much how much is not enough both in terms of weekly volume level of fatigue optimal performance for the athlete so when I read the question I, I, I don't know if the if the listener it's a sports scientist or has worked in, I don't know the level. It's a, it's a great question, but I just see, uh, acute chronic, what we would, what we call acute chronic balance, um, as in what they're doing today versus what they've done over the, the, the previous period of time. Um, uh, so I think that the podcast should, we should base it around acute chronic, um, and say, that's what they're asking us. How do we balance it? There's sort of, as always psychological element, there's a nutritional element to it. So let's just go in and let's, let's talk about it and let's have a bit of fun. It's something we briefly covered in the strength versus technique, isn't it? That periodization model and the fact that people suddenly switch to a, they expect an immediate return on that strength gain. Um, that, that acute they want that acute response versus seeing that actually maybe that strength cycle created the the chronic training load to elicit the gains in strength that we need but athletes very much psychologically stay in the here and now don't they very much so very much let's um let's start by i think we should start by defining what we mean by acute chronic yeah. we should sort of get a sort of definition out there and and uh, acute chronic isn't a, isn't a training term it's a injury term really. no it's a term of you know in illness and used in in all walks of life even in business you have a an acute strategy and a chronic business strategy you have you have sort of things so what we're talking about here is the chronic strategy was over a period of time 
whilst the acute is more relevant to what's happening here and now on a sort of day-to-day basis. But I mean, acute can be, chronic can be classified as what's, what the training volume or load is over a day, uh, where the acute could be this particular set in the day. Or as, as this question alludes to more so is over a period of time. Um, so sort of what is today a part of in relation to the last period of time and the next period of time. Um, I'm using a, a 42 day past and a seven day present. So I'll use I'll rel- my acute versus chronic is based off of what's happened 42 days prior. And that will give me my sort of my fitness level, if you like, as a combination of what's happened in the last 42 days. Um, and then I would have what's going to happen in the next seven days. So I sort of have a 49 day window or bracket, if you like. That 49 day window um, has then, of course, a day which is today. And that's, that's moving the whole time. So, of course, tomorrow, that one day drops off the end and one day is added to the other end. So it's all, we're always at that sort of the midnight, if you like, between the seven days and the 42 days. Um, how are you, are you you're using, I know you're using a similar system, Joust, but just go a little bit more into that for us. Yeah, it's very much, <coughs> it's all calculated off knowing what the whole year looks like as well. Um, by knowing the whole year and like what the phase focus is it allows us to see where where the stresses are are coming through um it's very simple to talk about volume versus intensity but then there's always that blend within the program where volume and intensity will intersect and at that point is is where there's a huge amount of stress so knowing where the athlete has have they what phase have they been in what was the purpose of that phase um and where is it going so yeah over that day period but then over the whole the whole year really yeah so i mean you've got parameters to work within within that 42 days uh, of measurement measurement statistics um so your measurement statistics i mean we'll just reel them off together here you've all, you've obviously got you can use heart rate for example as in how how much output has the athlete had to go through in terms of a sort of a, a lung capacity bearing in mind if you listen to our previous podcast on the relationship between threshold and skill development that it's not always when when i say heart rate i don't necessarily always mean aerobic work uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a high oxygen demand um, in relation to into high skill work so so you have a heart rate as a, as a measurement tool you have wattage as a measurement tool you have one calories burnt as a measurement tool um, I mean we'd do another podcast at some point on calories and the validity of using calorific as a measurement tool um, it's a pretty poor indicator um, but we'll, we'll, we'll come to that on another podcast but I'll just say it is, it is, a, it is a used tool so I'm just listing them here um, you also have sort of work effort as in how much uh, weight they're overcoming so you've got sort of kilojoules um, uh, so how much load you're putting through the system in a day so you do 10 sets of 10 uh, 100 kilos and it gives an output of, of the total day output you have uh, acceleration you have a deceleration you have a change of direction um, help me here mate keep going um, uh, with different got, things uh, the skill 
So <coughs> is it high skill demand, low skill demand? Yeah, measure uh, relative to yeah. relative to that person. Yeah. So you need you, you obviously have to is, understand your athlete. Is, yeah, is, is measurable. Um, so how many times they've actually changed direction would be yeah. would be how many times they produced a high skill yeah. high skill um, effort in yeah. that day. So 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 there's many many parameters that you would use and you sort of collate data um, and though that data set is then ultimately how hard I've worked today. Um, and 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 it's not correct to say we favor one or the other. We favor the, the more data we we can collect the better it would be. Uh, so, so we'll have. Uh, I mean, there's even. I mean, even blood volumes, blood values. There's there's some wonderful sports scientists out there who are who are taking blood values at the end of training uh, and using that data in this data set. So what we're saying is you're essentially a, you're a detective. Um, one parameter I like to add is body language. I have sort of body language markers, which which will note down um, almost tonality and the way in which an athlete communicates with you can be a great indicator of how they've eaten, how how fatigue is, how they are. Um, again, it's objective rather than uh, rather than measurable, but it's sort of movement quality is something that I know you're you're very good at. You you you're, you're able to watch a, a footballer running and call a session and say right that's enough now and we go over and ask you and say look you know you had 20 more minutes planned what why is it you've stopped at this particular moment and and you'll often say that the form went i like you know i saw the the knees drop in or i didn't see the, the, the push through in the stride or stride length decreased and all of these parameters as long as they're measurable as long as they sort of can be written down although although they are your opinion if you're working with an athlete constantly it's still your opinion that your opinion won't necessarily you probably see it different from day to day but not massively different where the conflict would come is if I then called one of your athletes and said let's start or you call one of my athletes that might change the parameters of, of the balance so you have all of these sort of chronic measurement tools from a day to day basis which we're constantly looking at as coaches and we're constantly sort of evaluating uh, with our athletes and say okay how much how much do they have to go through today? How much is coming in versus how much is going out? How much energy do they need to use on this on 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 today? And that that data set then is is accumulated over forty two days. And so essentially, what you're seeing today from your athlete in the acute is is a, a combination of what's happened both for for positive and negative. So you're seeing a, a fatigue uh, a fatigue. Um, influence of course because the, the, the last many days has had a has had an influence but you're also seeing a present picture of, of where they are with their fitness so so yeah so 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 to answer the, the the wonderful question that's posed to us is that is the game i mean that is the question and everything comes as as a result of this i mean you can talk pretty much from this question then just start to spider diagram out and say right okay our strength training our power training our speed training our nutrition our psychology our prep planning our periodization ultimately stems from this question if you're getting this balance right as a coach you're you you your athletes aren't injured and your athletes are performing it is probably or it isn't probably in my humble opinion the single most important thing we do as athletes is balance acute chronics like how much work do I put on the athlete today one to get the, the best stimulus today but, but get the bigger picture uh, done and and 42 days is 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 one measurement I know there's other systems that are going off 30 days and there's, there's one there's, there's some 
there's some wonderful sports scientists out there who do a far better job than I do this. I would, I would like to actually qualify it and say that mine is very anecdotal. Mine is very experience-based. It's very, um, we measure in our, uh, it, we've got measurements of intensity factor where we'll measure how how intense today was, volume factor, how, how much volume today was. Um, and we'll base that off of what we would classify as their maximal output over periods of time of thresholds I think like saying what you're saying there about it being anecdotal and experience based and you're almost kind of talking talking that skill down like so science is the beautiful thing that it is that allows us to understand more about the body but unlike the science of gravity where we know that we drop something out of our hand and 100% of the time it hits the floor when it comes to that training response to the the body's adaptation to sport in demand like it in all the studies that we read across the different parameters from injury to performance like we don't see a hundred out of a hundred like we we don't see that hundred percent and that's where the yes we can we can choose those exercises those training methods based off scientific evidence evidence-based practice but the skill of a coach is to understand well does my athlete also fall into yes i will go with science i will i will put my i'll put my eggs in that basket but if they're not falling into if they're not falling into that basket and it's not working like you've got to have that experience of knowing them as a person knowing the fact of well yeah what are signs of fatigue signs of fatigue are those like you said psychological changes mm. they look like they're lacking energy they're not as positive they're, they're they're showing all those things and that that comes with contact time that comes with communication that like yeah write, write the program perfectly they might have slept badly that night yeah, uh, and now that changes the effect. Like, uh, is yeah. <laughs> we can we can all intents and purposes of the world write the perfect program for that, but they have a bereavement. They have yeah, something happens which affects emotional state, and and yeah, training's affected. Yeah. And hope well, hopefully, sometimes the training's an escape for the athlete from that from that process, and maybe they they don't get those effects but it's we're humans it's possible and it will um so so picking up on on two points there one another parameter we didn't i didn't mention measurable sleep obviously i don't know why i didn't mention this is quite an important one but but sleep would be another one um and then i completely agree with you i think perhaps i am perhaps it's obviously in my nature obviously to to down down talk uh or or down speak my, my role as the coach but i think i also just want to pay pay the respect to the guys the, the guys who who are there are a lot of guys doing a lot of wonderful work around acute chronics there really are um producing software generating algorithms who that make my job a lot easier i mean i put all this data set into a computer and it spits out a number for me at the end of the day um and at the end of the day that gives me a balance uh, of course there is there there are other factors as as mentioned the psychological the feeling the sort of the contact the knowing your athlete which if i'm allowed to say this i think i'm probably quite 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 good at um uh, which are aren't as measurable in the in the in the software programs but the guys who are sort of not necessarily coach face to face or sort of coaching on a daily basis but are producing this software and research they do deserve a mention because they are making our job 
a lot easier and they are they are working very hard behind the scenes for us if you like so that, then that was my main reason for, for sort of keep just making sure I'm, I'm I'm referencing properly and giving those those guys the credit that they deserve um, for sure for sure it's it is, it is the foundation from which we work from I think all of us yeah trying to say is I know you're not uh, you're not actually talking yourselves down I think there's just a very missing part of some a person's thought process can be they rely too much on science and then they Absolutely. they actually kind of they don't trust themselves as coaches to make a decision and it's, it's important to have that to have that balance absolutely the balance is everything and I think ultimately the the two of them can't go without each other. I mean, all I mean is it all with, with again without most of it, all 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 science around acute chronics is, is, is figures, is numbers based anyway. You know they need the data sets from somewhere, and it's us coaches that are providing those numbers for them. So it, it, we we work in hand in hand and sort of and working well together. Um, so so let's let's move on and, and answer the question. The, the question is exactly this. If for me the question like the question is how do you get this balance right? Well, the question it, it isn't knowledge here when I'm not asking people to have a, a, a wonderful um, anatomical knowledge I'm not asking people and some of the best coaches I know they know they know absolutely you know their anatomy is poor or they you know they can't recite the the, the, the depths of uh, the Krebs cycle or they can't sort of they're, they're not the sort of the best anatomists in the world they're guys who are actually quite practical thinking or they're statisticians there's the statistics in this uh, can lead you to be a good coach I think still having the ability to communicate is very very important but being able to take these data sets and say right what do they normally do how much of a trade-off am I allowed so, so one big question is one big thing we work quite often with is that today's performance is sub below par is, is suboptimal because of a certain amount of chronic fatigue in the body from here so let's not panic about that now that that communication fact with an athlete is crucial so when I've said to an athlete that we're going through a volume phase and we're going through a phase where you're going to be, be under a little bit of fatigue um, of course we boosted them nutritionally but you're under a little bit of fatigue, so we, we don't expect your lifts or your speeds or your times or anything else. We don't expect them at the moment to be world records. Or we don't expect them to be close to what you're used to, but which we're going for a different stimulus because we, we're going on a more chronic-based chronic, a chronic based, uh, curve. Um, so that's communicated from the start, whereas what tends to happen is it's either mistimed, poorly communicated, poorly programmed, that, that, that the athletes are in a fatigue state so they're not quite hitting the numbers that, or the speeds that they're used to and then the panic sets in and, and the coach needs to then justify that. I've, Where, I've, I've made that mistake myself Okay, in the past. You, you happy to give us an example, talk about it? Yeah. Um, Athlete-specific or just a... Yeah, I don't yeah. you need to mention any no, names, no. but... No, um, no, I've literally just had it in the in the past where I was going in, like what I said earlier, going into that volume, where volume and intensity meeting, getting close to kind of peaking and prepping for the comp, just at the reaching that, in the middle of that intersection there, and I'd, I'd not, yeah, just kind of took it as, like, yeah, they... they write the program they, they trust me as the coach and then they're in the middle of that cycle and they're like my numbers are dropping off like everything felt great last week and now I've just hit like the, there I've hit the hit the wall sort of thing and then everything just dropped outputs I just didn't feel that they could push um, and yeah as soon as I actually it was as soon as I'd explained it all of a sudden the uh, the weight was just lifted 
off the shoulders whereas she the athlete had been dealing with that stress of like why is it all all going on and maybe that would have yeah well if I'd have been able to communicate that before then maybe would the drop off has been as much because yeah. we'd have removed the stress response from the panic of it yeah. uh, the panic of the fact that the bar feels heavy when it shouldn't feel heavy and and yeah, yeah, I've made that like that's the evolution of coaching, right? I, I you, think we've all made that mistake. Yeah, 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 think, you, yeah, you, yeah. That's what we're here to do. We're here to make mistakes, and as long as we're learning from them and taking them forward, yeah. then. Um, but yeah, I think it's yeah. it's it's common. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think the question is the question going to all the way back to the start of the podcast here. The question is how do how do we manage the, the how do we know. How do we know? I mean, never know, but how do you know uh, when's too much and when's too little? And and I think I think I, it's, it's very often I'll go on training camps with my athletes and and they'll think and, and I'll, I'll have the comment doing a lot of work. You know, I'm very it's very often that that my coaching or my programming is. I don't think people question it from a. I think people. I think that I think. I'm lucky enough to have enough results that people don't question it from a negative standpoint because they look around and see, well, every, everything you're doing, people are winning. Um, but they still have a sort of look at me and sort of say, you know, they're doing a lot, you know, and I know what that means. That means they don't quite agree with how much they're doing, but they don't want to say it to me. And and I think because we have the acute chronic imbalance, when they actually then watch them train, they sort of get that sort of, they get paradoxical. because so they look at the athlete thing, they look quite fresh. They look like they're performing. They don't. It doesn't look like there's an ugly set. It doesn't look like there's a run where it's ugly run. Um, they look like everything they're doing is good and the movement well, and, and it looks powerful and it looks under control. But they're doing a lot, and 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 it's because if you've got control of the chronic build up, you're able. I mean, this isn't what they're seeing. Isn't seeing week one with an athlete. They're seeing week. 160 with an athlete which is built up over 18 months three years or whatever it is where we, we're gradually building it up because the concept that's new in sports science is that less is more yeah intensity versus volume it is incorrect because the more I do the better I will get but when I cross the threshold of I'm doing more and I'm now training poorly, I will get worse. That's right. And that's been misunderstood. And that's been misconstrued to I need to give my athletes less to make them better. And that's a big mistake I'm seeing in a lot of coaches is that they feel like they're new age, modern, doing things right by giving their athletes less because they just need to feel good. It's a, a misunderstanding of the acute chronic balance. The goal should always be able to do more. Should always be able to have a higher amount of volume because the more you practice, the more I practice writing, the better I get writing. The more you practice your sport, the better you'll get a sport. But there is a balance. There is a responsibility line. There isn't. It isn't about killing athletes, but it is about building the acute chronics up as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think going into that response of managing those acute chronics is a great example in football at the moment with the um, like the Manchester United team. Like they've they've literally just had a an influx of uh, injuries against. Uh, well, it's quite like three three players pulled off before before half time in the game against. Liverpool the other week and um, reports have since come out because obviously they've got great sports science teams behind them that are monitoring all this data and that change in manager 
has meant that although they're actually what they've found in the data was the guys weren't covering as as much distance as they were under the previous manager but now under the new manager they're, they're covering a little bit less distance but actually more distance at high intensity yeah. and actually that spike in the fact of the players have have um, kind of gone through that process has led to these injuries. Um, so they're looking at it and going, "Well, yeah, here's a here's an increase in in output that's led to led led to injury. The the data's the data is there to back it up. Yeah. What we've then got to look at and go, well, okay, you had a spike in you had a spike in that performance. Where does that go on match day? Like, so has have the guys around within the day to day programming? how's that been affected are they then going too far the other way and resting them too much or yeah obviously we don't know that that experience we're just talking out those scenarios but there's a there's just an example of how how training load can all of a sudden a, a quick change in a quick in, change in, changes in, everything yeah in the chronic in, in the acute training yeah. um and and that's it and and people always ask well what's more important is it do i get the chronic right or do i get the acute right what they're they're mute they're the same thing yeah because your your acute your chronic your sorry your acute today becomes your chronic in 42 days that is your chronic uh, and vice versa what's happened is affecting you now so so for the coaches at home listening and going wow there's a you know just by you know you, you're doing the guys are doing this every day anyway they're asking people to track their sleep they're looking at you know when you make a decision do I do do I do front squats today do I do front squats tomorrow do I do front squats the day after you'll go might want to do might not want to do three front squats three days of front squats you know three days of front, having front squats in a row is too much um, and how many times do I want to front squat over this phase and and so essentially they're already doing this we're just putting a terminology to it to help them or help them understand it the more parameters you use in this measurement the more detailed and the more control you'll have over how far can I push my athlete how when do I hold them back just things like markers like DOMS soreness um, how how the athlete reports motivation how the athlete is sleeping as in how their appetite is all of these urine color um, there's many many uh, there's many many parameters which which athletes are reporting uh, daily to us um, which aid in our decisions as to what we're doing on the acute which is today which change what does today I mean I'll, especially in certain phases of training the training is a suggestion I'll always call it the training suggestion for today is this uh, and so we're getting now unfortunate enough with a lot of my athletes that I am holding their hand every day uh, and and that means I can look at them and say okay to get that chronic acute right I'm going to drop this today I'm going to put more in so it's very often I put more in um, and and it is always the goal to be doing practicing your sport as much as possible um, within confines of psychological barriers within confines of of physical physical limitations um, and as I say having that appreciation of not coming in and then just, just ramping things up or just, just getting excited with an athlete because they have a particular ability and then and doing too much so like just to kind of highlight something you said there like so you said actually <coughs> when when monitoring your athlete you'll often see see something and then the adjustments you make you'll actually give them more work like why why would you like that sounds counter well, what, again, like most people see volume and become become scared of volume, thinking the athlete's done too much, and you you've noticed something there, and then you've still gone and given them more. Like, why? What, what uh, yeah. makes you? F- 
I, th- I think go that way. I think initially, I think this, it's fair, the, the acute chronics is born out of injury prevention, unfortunately. And I think where, if I may say, I don't think I'm. I've got, of course, I'm not the only coach in the world doing it. Um, but I think one advantage I see in our coaching style is that we're using acute chronics for performance enhancement rather than injury prevention. Um, and a lot of it is born out of if I do this too much, they will break down. There will be injury. There will be overuse injury. Where I'm more to the side of how far can I get? Yeah, how much can I get out of the athlete? How I use it for peaking. I use it for knowing the athlete's peaking. I track them uh, for peaking. Um, and so, and so there, I, the completely the opposite to what you what you you talked about was you talked about. Well, if they haven't slept three days in a row, I back off a little bit to avoid injury. Well, I'm like, well, they have slept three days in a row. They get into me and. You know, I've written back squats with X X weight and you know what? They went up really easy. Let's do another set. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, uh, it's very often an athlete will look at me, one, one particular athlete I'm thinking of now will look at me with a smile on her face and say, can I max? You know, because it just feels good and it looks good. And they're the days you go, yes. Um, and then the other days you've written, we go into max and you see and it's all clunky and it's all locked down and the hips are sort of, not moving properly and they haven't slept so well and then you sort of there you've got to break the news that we're not going to hit that max today um, and that is ultimately balancing having that that feedback and the, the simplicity of this we've discussed a, a mass, we've discussed a massive complexity um, but the simplicity of this is it's just listening to the athlete <laughs> And looking at the athlete and getting as much information as you can possibly extrapolate from them and the more information you're going to get from the athlete the better you can make decisions as their coach that's, that's essentially the answer to this question um, and that's that's what I demand as a coach I demand feedback they, they, they get frustrated sometimes I expect five six messages a day on how if we're not in camp if we're not working together I expect them to update me I expect feedback on every session I expect feedback on how the sets were Um, I want to be in the process with them because it's the way it's the only way I can do my job properly there's no way I can do my job properly from a distance uh, especially from a distance without having that feedback uh, having that heart rate data or having that uh, what you know you can see it three days in a row the numbers are all 10% under where they should be do something with the program it needs changing now uh, not in the three days it's not just let's see you get report on the sleep isn't it do something with the program for sure for sure I think people are I say unlike other elements of science where we're dealing with machines, we're dealing with computers, people are, we are the anomaly. We are the wonderful variable within within most objects that can't be controlled. So that's why the science that we see done on the human body in, in high performance isn't always, doesn't give us the 100 out of 100 of like, well, no. this is how strong the structure of this building needs to be to stay upright. Like, yes, that's unarguable, unarguable science, which has to be right. The human is, yeah, the the yeah. person we will probably never understand, but we've just got to do our best to to see how the science of training meets meets the human and that's it and that's it and that's how, sort of almost sort of flipping it over and putting the challenges on the coaches how much data daily can you collect on your athletes and the athletes don't need to understand again we've done a lot on overcoaching the athletes don't need to understand it they don't need to they don't need to be involved in the process they just need to provide the data 
Uh, and when I say provide the data, they just need to upload the heart rate data. They need to just tell you that they squatted 100 kilos today, or they need to tell you that they did six reps when you wrote eight. Like that's all they need to do. Your job as the coach is then to sit with that data and interpret the data. And as you interpret the data, you then get that picture. And you, you can only get this again. This is again, you get that data in the acute form as in today. And the hardest phase of training for me with any athlete is like the first two months when you don't you don't have any back data to know is this normal is it up is it down is it left is it right so that's a very hard period that start period um, because you can't just apply what someone else has used and you can't just take a program off off the shelf and, and, and give it to somebody else you need to then sort of really listen to them and and engage with them. Um, and then the more data you collect, the more patterns you see. And as the patterns develop, you start to see, okay, why is it any, it doesn't, why is it every Tuesday that that, that, that happens? Or why is it every, every, after, every, every, every day after I've done that session, they report that pain? Or why is it after every day I, re, I get that? And when I follow that with that, and as you start to, to see these coincidences and put these data sets down, you start to be able to manage acute chronics much better. And that's, we're doing it on a, you might want to call it a more complex level, a deeper level. It doesn't need to be that, just monitoring monitoring sleep. You'll see patterns between performance in training and sleep if you've got data from training and you've got data from sleep. Um, so, so that's all it that's all you really need to be doing um, as a coach at the very basic level all the way through to our level where we've got complex algorithms that calculate uh, chronic training load versus versus acute fatigue um, on that note I think <coughs> I think it's um, just to finish up with uh, give a little bit of a, an overview of for those who are a little bit more involved in the maths um, a little bit more to the nerd side of things, just a little bit of a how we are measuring it, just to help people. Um, we are calculating what a <clears throat> what a maximal effort would be for one minute um, in terms of output, in terms of heart rate, in terms of watts. For aerobic side of things, you have a you'll have a, a calculated maximal output over one minute, twenty minutes, and an hour, um, and then the algorithm calculates how much time you've worked in those different zones over one minute, and each minute will then give you a score, a pro rata score, and you'll never be able to score more than one. So one point zero would be your would be your maximum for one minute, and no one can work a hundred percent for one minute, so you never score one. Um, you're always a, a pro rata rate of that um, and then those minutes will obviously accumulate together and then you throw in what's called an intensity factor again again intensity factor will never be over 1.0 and the intensity factor would be how hot how what the intensity of the work was so for example I can ride my bike at for 20 minutes at in zone two at you know 120 beats per minute and I can accumulate X amount, X amount of points, total points per minute. But I can also do one minute all out effort or two minutes all out effort and then get the same amount of points as I got over 20 minutes. It's a very different stimulus. The points, the, the fatigue score is the same. They might both equal four, 
but the point score, uh, the, the way the stimulus, the neurological stimulus is very different. So we also need to know how we arrived at that four. Did we arrive at it through intensity or did we arrive at it through volume? But 20 minutes versus four minutes is a very different stimulus. So then there's some sort of other calculations that go in there. Um, then we calculate what, what a set of eight squats, what force that has on the body, what they have to go around there. So it's essentially every rep or every minute or every second on the bike or running or anything else, even in, even in a CrossFit workout, you essentially can have a total stress score and obviously that cumulative stress score then gives us how we are stressed over what we've what stress we've had today that over 42 days equates to a total stress score over 42 days and then we can balance that with what we're doing today so it's just i, I don't know if people are interested in that it's just a little bit of the, the super geeky bit the super geeky bit yeah that, that people perhaps would enjoy the, the mathematicians love that stuff yeah for sure so I, I hope think, that I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Well, how uh, how long has it been? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't answer the question in that time. Um, how long have we, we been talking to? Only, only think we've been talking for thirty minutes or so, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the bag. This is the stuff. This is the this is the good stuff. Um, and I think the. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of. I mean, to be honest, and just don't just listen to us. There's a lot of other good podcasts on acute, you know, uh, acute chronics and and listening to a lot of strength and conditioning coaches who are doing wonderful jobs in football and rugby and and other sports. Well, it's not. This isn't. This isn't us making this up. You know, this is this is what good coaches are doing. And it, to be honest, it's also a classic example of of where CrossFit needs to head. If we're just talking about it sort of from a philosophical perspective. Um, this is this is this is this is the future. This is what the winners um, in ten years' time will be doing. Um, as as is, is in every other sport. I mean, NFL is leading it. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a lot of science out there. Not good science. Good. Pleasure talking to you as always, old boy. Thank you, Philip. <laughs>